Pickaxe. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. We've just finished recording the show, the show, this week's show, in our new recording slot, Monday Lunchtimes, which I have to admit I was a little nervous about, uh, given that I've not eaten anything since <laughs> yesterday tea time. Uh, but that went okay, didn't it? And we had more people join us online. Yeah, it was really, really good. Maybe after 16 years or 17 years, we finally found our home, Simon. Well, you know, half past 12 for an hour um, on the internet. Put that in your diaries now. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me time to, I have uh, I have a regular two o'clock meeting. So, uh, you know, we just we just pop that in. You're running off to Brighton now, Steve, aren't you? I am going to upload the show to Resonance and then hop on a train with a big suitcase to run tomorrow night's uh, Marioki, which I'm excited about. Um, and yeah, that's not all we've got in store in our future, though, is it, Simon? Talking of suitcases. Oh, good point. Well, a couple of things. Yes, uh, some things coming your way, dear podcast listeners. Um, We are being sent some new microphones, which you're going to hear more about. We Mm. did um, joke about those. Uh, They said, would you mention us on the show? I said... We we that will be just be one word which we're going to say for an hour. Uh, we'll do anything for some free microphones, so we, so we might sound better. Mm. Uh, Sebastian Reed, um, who uh, we've um, mentioned before, has been trying to sponsor One Life Left. Yeah, and you know, I, I dropped him a, a sort of slightly cheeky but note back before because- you did that. Sorry, before you did that, he had sent us one that said something like. Guys, I wouldn't be getting in touch if I didn't love the show, love the podcast, right? <laughs> he said that. And yeah, I, was, absolutely. I was so close to just replying saying, what do you love about it? <laughs> That's all I would have said. But then you, you, you got in there first. Well, I just said, you know, look, listen, we, we will do anything for money at the moment. <laughs> we are... We are, you know, I don't know, turning £70 a yeah. month maybe on a good month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you want us to, if you want to add to that pot, we'd, we'd, we'll happily listen. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, 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 I put it in slightly more businessy terms than that. And he's now come back and asked for demographics well, and stats and all that sort of stuff. Came back immediately, didn't didn't he? So, I, I, if I was replying to that, Simon, I would say I would be like, well, as I'm sure you're familiar, you know, we're, we're a radio show, so we don't focus on that kind of thing, Sebastian. Um, but what does stats matter when you love us so much? Well, true, but I'm beginning to feel that this relationship isn't as trusting as um, or as enthusiastic as he suggested. He said, to move forward, could you share podcast stats, mm. downloads for the last eight episodes, brackets, <laughs> screenshots, please? <laughs> Sebastian, <laughs> what? what do you take us for, Sebastian? Um, yeah, uh, and then he wants US audience percentage, uh, brackets, we mostly ship there, and demographics, top three ages with percent, gender, income if available so uh, we had some great letters this week mm. uh, but um, it would be really helpful dear listeners um, if you are going to correspond with the show we love to hear your letters yeah, we had yeah. a great time with them this show could you also include where you're located <laughs> uh, your age um your gender where stated um, and also your income mm. um and then we'll and then we'll forward those to sebastian <laughs> Just... hopefully we'll get like 40 pounds off him or something like that because we need the funds we do because We, at the end of this year, Mm -hmm. in November, Mm -hmm. for you, Mm -hmm. for you listeners, we're going to go to Japan. We are. We're going to record some episodes out there. And I I understand that you've been hurt before, listeners, and we have said we are going to do things in the future. Even we've said we'll do things during the course of the show and then forgotten by 
the end of the show. <laughs> but this is going to happen because Simon has booked the flights. Booked it. Booked it. And we've got we've got a responsible adult coming with us, mm. uh, which was the last time that we travelled with Jonathan Smith. He he Was it he described himself as a responsible adult? <laughs> yeah. The last time we travelled um, with Jonathan Smith, we woke up with a semi-professional footballer passed out on our floor. Thank goodness he was passed out because he wasn't moving. And for a minute, <laughs> I had no idea what sort of trouble we had got into. This is true. This is absolutely true. Um, now, uh, I'm not sure what the semi-professional football scene is like in Tokyo, but <laughs> by God, we're going to find out. Uh, so yes, at uh, the beginning of yeah. November, we are going to Japan and we're going to record at least one special. Mm. Uh, so uh, if you've got any tips, if you've got any anything you want us to find out while we're out there, uh, let us know and we will endeavour to do that for you. Um, and Sebastian, if you want to sell any products to our Japanese audience, we will shout at them in person. <laughs> Uh, just respond to this message, seeing as though you're such a fan of the show. Um, that's it, Steve. I think good show. Enjoyed that. Yeah, super fun. Uh, right, enjoy Brighton. I'll see you down there. Yep, see you tomorrow. Uh, but until next week, everyone. Here's the show. <laughs> Hello, good evening, and welcome to One Life Left, a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, good evening, I'm Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? Very well, thank you. We say good evening, but it's good mm. lunchtime, isn't it? Good lunchtime <laughs> to you. We've uh, chopped our recording slots around for the last few weeks. We've been in the evening, we've been in the morning, but now we are settling on that successful afternoon slot, aren't we? Monday lunchtime. What would you normally be doing on a Monday lunchtime, Steve? I'd be having my Monday you... lunch, Simon. Would you? Well, you see, no no change for me because I don't eat lunch on a Monday. Obviously. Really? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm um Yeah, I mean I, I got some smart scales and they were they were they were beginning to creak. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we're all getting on a bit, and so we do need to uh think about uh you know, things like blood pressure and all of that sort of stuff. And one day of reducing, one way of reducing that is to lose a little bit of weight. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. So what's, doing this, that. what's this diet called, Simon? This no Mondays thing? Well, it's a variation on the 5-2. That's what I'm doing. The 5-2 uh, suggests that you should eat normally for five days and then have um, calorie controlled meals on the other two. Mm-hmm. I can't be bothered with calorie controlling meals. <laughs> so I'm just not eating breakfast or lunch on a Monday. Or that is, when- that's calorie controlling. You are controlling. Very controlling. Yeah, and then, I, and then I'm having a roast dinner on that <laughs> full, a whole chicken. Um, and I'm, I'm eating normally on a Monday. So uh, And they're combining with you, the odd 5K here and there, Steve. The odd uh, 5K? Twice- How odd? Twice a week. Okay, that's that's pretty even. That's got it down to, to um so i, I yeah i was a, i was a lockdown cliche mm-hmm. uh so i i shaved all my hair off all of it and mm-hmm. uh, took ages and um did the couch to 5k which was one of the most humiliating things i've ever done as an adult you should not be bad at things mm-hmm. and then when you've got 
the equivalent of Sarah Millican going, just do a light jog for a minute and <laughs> and you can't and you're and you're and you're in tears effectively outside your neighbor's house mm. <laughs> huffing and a puffing. Um but yeah, no, I got got up to a, a 5k jog and then um started to try and get a little bit back into it um in the spring this year. Um times aren't great, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have I have got it down to uh last on Friday, I did one in 28 minutes, 40 seconds. Sounds good to me. Well, it does sound good to you, doesn't it? Until you then Google, uh, how old should a 51-year-old be able to run? So how long <laughs> should it take a 51-year-old <laughs> to run 5K? And um, it, it should be a little bit faster. But yeah. still, you know, we have to start somewhere, don't we? It depends which 51-year-old you ask. Like, you know, if it's a professional runner, they're going to run faster. And, you know, mm. other people won't have run at all. So, Simon, I think you should be feeling good about yourself. Thanks. Although I'm unconvinced by your Monday fasting. Oh, well, if you want me to open up the app for my smart scales, Steve, and you can see the trend going downwards. It does make me hangry, though, and I don't like being questioned. <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether it's good for the show. Maybe it is, though. You know, people Let's like see. angry angry people, don't they? You could have your own YouTube channel where you shout at games. I'll be on GB News before you know it. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, we are a video game radio show broadcasting on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. We're also a podcast. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and we do have video game news coming up. We have video game reviews. Uh, I've been playing some games this week, Simon. Have you? Good stuff. I've been playing one. I've been playing one that you hate. Really? Uh, so that's good. Um, we should also say that we're recording on the Monday before develop. You're going straight off to the show from um, mm-hmm. uh, once we've finished recording. Uh, I'm heading down tomorrow morning. But we do have another update on where Charles Cecil is, don't we? <laughs> we do a live update. <laughs> uh, I can, I can confirm. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, I'm hearing now. Charles has got on the train at York. Okay. He's on his way down, down to develop. Hey, if you want, I can ask my correspondent what he's wearing. Please do. Okay, just give me give me a second. Yes, and also, which did he turn left or right when he got on the train? That analogy doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean. I I absolutely. The more detail we have, the better. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is he in his swimmers? Charles wearing. I hope he's 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 boarded. With, with some flippers, he's had to get on the train backwards because he because he does like going for a swim down in down in Brighton. So mm. uh, he'll have his flippers on. He'll have a, a full face mask and a snorkel and the old fashioned bathing suit. Um, I received, <laughs> I had a question. So uh, my our, our correspondent, our northern correspondent, who reported mm-hmm. that Charles has got on her train, she asked me a question. She said, "Does Charles know about Charles bots?" Hmm. Does Charles Bot know about Charles? It was the deeper question. Exactly. <laughs> uh, correspondent says that Charles is wearing lederhosen, which is as expected. He thinks he's going to Gamescom, doesn't he? He's got confused. Uh, well, uh, I look forward to seeing him soon. All right. Um, so we're going to start the show with the news. Uh, unless you've got any other business, Simon? No other business, Steve. No. Okay. I noticed you sent six stories this week, so that's well. There was a bonus one, wasn't it? Because we, uh, so I, I prepared the stories last night, uh, but one, um, I, I, there was one I realised that we hadn't covered. So yeah, I mean, you know, keep it in your back pocket. All right. Here we go.
me, Charles Bot 1.1. Square Enix, the gaming giant behind the Final Fantasy franchise, is contemplating the idea of remastering more of its classic titles, following the success of the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. The company's board remained tight-lipped about specifics during their 43rd annual shareholders meeting, but hinted at exciting announcements on the horizon. They also addressed the longer development times for their games, attributing it to the increasing complexity of major titles. So far in 2023, they've released a slew of games including Forspoken, Octopath Traveler 1 and Final Fantasy 16, with more on the way including the next installment of the Final Fantasy 7 Remake Trilogy due in early 2024. If you're a fan of nostalgia and pixelated adventures, keep your controllers at the ready. As for a pixel remaster of Broken Sword, it would be a consideration if it hadn't been reissued so many times already. <laughs> Um, welcome, Charlesbot One Point One. He's um, he he talks in in some detail. Mm. Uh, I've I've had to extend the news bed on a few of these. <laughs> yeah, it now takes some of them take over two news beds. Oh my goodness! I mean, I mean, he does uh, receive that as an instruction. If you want, you can say cut down the news report, but often you don't want to. He's so eloquent, isn't he? The the upgrade. Oh, I see. Well, so, um, yes, I've been, uh, it's my first time using Charles Bot 1.1. Um, and, uh, he's throwing in his own jokes. Um, mm -hmm. that one he was encouraged, uh, a little <laughs> with. Um, but, uh, a few of the stories this week, I've just, I've just let, I've just let him, let him run with it because, um, you know, it's interesting to see what an AI finds funny. Mm. Uh, now running on chat GPT, oh, sorry, uh, uh GPTs, uh, four. What, what am I talking about? What's it called? Chat, I, I want to say ChatGPT4. Um, then do-do. But it's the API. Anyway, it's using that. OpenAA's API. Um, and, uh, yeah, so on the news story, the idea that Square are going to re-release more of their classic content doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, what might surprise you, Simon, is I approve do you, Steve? Do you approve of being stuck in a perpetual gaming time loop where we just play the same games over and over and over again? Well, honestly, Simon, sometimes it feels like that anyway, just with different skins. So why not allow new audiences to play the classics in a modern format? It makes sense to me uh, in the same way as we remaster old Hollywood movies that have stood the test of time. Um, you know, bringing these song, uh, bringing these. Sorry, I, was, uh, I said songs because I was also thinking about Taylor Swift uh, back then, which I'll come on to in a second. Uh, but uh, bringing these games back for a new audience uh, makes perfect sense, especially when some of these games are literally unplayable. I don't mean unplayable because mechanics have moved on, but unplayable because you can't access them. Uh, so why not? Why not? It makes sense. Should we disallow any new games from now on? Because uh, not just the Pixel remasters, because uh, Nintendo announced that they're remaking Paper Mario mm -hmm. uh, uh, RPG, or, or Mario RPG, sorry, um, and Luigi's Mansion is being um, brought to a new format. So, um, yeah, games. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. Mm. Yeah, and there are lots of people who haven't played them before. I've been playing, uh, spoiler warning for the review section, I've been playing Mario Galaxy this week it's brilliant and it's you know it's such a shame that these games aren't not just freely available but aren't hyped up on these systems because it's not like um 
they've dated for any content reasons. Uh, did you see the news about Taylor Swift's reissued album this week? Uh, there's a lot of Taylor Swift go- stuff going on at the moment. My mm-hmm. uh, wife is currently trying to buy tickets. Mm. Um, and uh, I know some people in the music uh, industry um, mm. who've had some Taylor Swift news this week as well. Is it about the reissues doing better than the original, something like that, is it? Well, she's she's been... Um, uh, she's had a personal project to... Re- oh, hello. Hello, it's Taylor Swift. It was a spam no, caller again, but they hung up because I think they knew that... <laughs> know what happened last time. Um, so uh, she's embarked upon a personal project driven by someone owning the masters to her originals of re-recording all of her old albums. And up to this point, the project has been re-record them as close to the originals as possible. Now, she's recently record, recorded, re-recorded um, Speak Now, which I think is is out this week or is second album. And as such, she's slightly embarrassed about one of the lyrics uh, on the original, uh, which refers to, uh, you know, it's one of her revenge songs. It's called Better Than Revenge. And it refers to a, uh, a woman who is an actress, and whoever knows who she's talking about says she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Whoa. Ooh. You know, catty, and also uh, perhaps inappropriate slut shaming uh, is referred to. So she's changed that lyric. Uh, it now says something like, uh, she, she was a moth to the flame, he was holding the matches. So she's actually retrospectively gone back and done a, a kind of George Lucas thing on this, changed the content. People are very divided on this. Like, you know, is that the purpose here? Can you retroactively go and alter your own work? Of course you can, but should you? Because changes the piece. Now, my question to you, Simon, is not mm-hmm. on Taylor Swift, but okay. when Square and anyone, you know, Nintendo updating Luigi's Mansion, is it right for them to update the game mechanics and or the content of the games? Or should they be doing straight up remasters? Where is that line? Well, thankfully, there isn't any slut shaming I'm aware of in Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> um, but you don't get, do you get, I mean, despite the fact you do rifle through the bedrooms, don't you? <laughs> There's a lot going on there using your Hoover, so who knows? <laughs> it's just a bit of gentle cleaning. Uh, yes, of course, they should update uh, the mechanics. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is, I, I guess, the sort of chief concern is that, I, I mean, I find uh, pixel art and pixel remasters um, very attractive, very compelling, and I'd like the idea of revisiting these games. But some of them are simply, unpl- I mean, like, I adore the original Resident Evil, but am I ever going to play it again in its with using its tank controls? I mm. do not think so. Mm. Um, so, no, uh, retain the spirit, but update the something else. What about adding extra content to there? So, uh, you know, is it okay, for example, Final Fantasy VII, for uh, you know them to add a different fate for one of the main characters? Well, there's a question. Everything that we, all of our jokes over the last <laughs> thirty years, would be suddenly out of date, wouldn't they? Blimey! Mm. Um, would it still no, be Final Fantasy VII if? Something different had happened in that moment. No, well, I don't think that you should. You should know. I think she has to die. Spoilers. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Sega is putting the brakes on its blockchain gaming plans, according to a Bloomberg report. Sega's co-chief operating officer, Shuji Utsumi, expressed concerns about the fun factor in play-to-earn games, a sentiment I can relate to after my disastrous attempt at a bot-only blockchain Scrabble tournament. Sega will allow third-party partners to dabble with NFT games using some of its franchises, but the big guns like Sonic are staying well clear of blockchain for now. Despite the cool-off, Sega isn't completely shutting the door on blockchain, keeping an eye on its potential future mainstream appeal. In other news, Sega is also swerving acquisition talks, despite being in Microsoft's crosshairs. And now, for a little levity. Imagine if Sega did venture into the world of cryptocurrency. They could create their own digital currency, call it Sega Coin. You could earn them by completing levels in Sonic, and the faster you finish, the more coins you get. But here's the catch. Every time you lose a life, a random amount of Sega coins would disappear from your digital wallet. Talk about a real-life game over. <laughs> I mean, I bet Charles bought 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, I bet he's a lot of fun at parties, eh? <laughs> A little gather, bit of levity. Gather out, gather out. <laughs> I have a joke for you. Uh, yeah, very good. Um, this is a bit of a non-story, isn't it? Because it begins with them saying, you know, Sega have uh, ditched their plans for blockchain gaming and then goes on to say, no, they haven't. Yeah, and even this morning they've announced that they've uh, licensed an ins- immensely popular IP for a new Web3 game. Mm. It sounds to me like what they are saying is they've they've moved away from... Uh, the idea i don't know if they've talked about this in the past but of play to earn which was very hot for a brief period last year when axie infinity seemed to be making so much money it was literally changing whole countries economies at a time but everyone said that was a bubble so it proved now that game as far as i understand it is dead in the water uh, and so is the notion of uh, play to earn which was always i think a slightly gross uh, uh term you know uh, we we should be playing to play. It's the, that's the purpose of play is to have fun, not to be thinking, oh, how much money I'll just put in the hours today, and then because then it turns into a slog, um, which is slightly different from the notion of some uh, Web three stuff. Again, terminology that I don't like, but where you own your items and are free to sell them, which is basically doesn't seem that bad to me. It seems to be uh, taking a counterpoint to something people have been angry about before which they is they can't sell their items in counter-strike or world of warcraft or whatever uh, but that isn't play to earn that's playing and oh i've got this thing i'm bored of it selling it just like you do in real life with toys when you're done with your scale electric or whatever you put it on facebook marketplace and have a million people try to scam you out of it <laughs> as is my understanding did you ever play any of these uh early blockchain games i tried to and found them impenetrable you ended up having to create all kinds of wallets or or, or maybe that's overstating it but several passwords uh wallets and buying all kind of digital items which cost a lot of money and then when you got into it you'd be playing a game which uh in my experience was always worse than something you could just download on steam for six or seven quid um but that isn't to say that there is no future there these are the first attempts and i think a lot of game creators and specifically game designers were driven away from this by the fury that surrounds that technology uh and we're kind of you know 
scared to get involved, uh, placing reputations on the line saying I'm doing this kind of thing. Um, when all of Twitter gets angry, at even or used to get angry, at even the mention of blockchain is a dangerous thing to do. Um, now I think the heat has died away from that a little bit, and we are starting to see more interesting experiments at the fringes. Um, so yeah, do do we know what Threads thinks of, of this sort of thing yet? Should we, should we should we pop over and ask them? Threads, yeah. Have you tried Threads? Have you? <laughs> I have tried Threads. Have yeah. you? Because I I I don't have an Instagram. So I was unable. Oh, Steve, you're depriving everybody of your well, of your of your looks. Well, it's uh, I actually did have an Instagram um, that someone else registered. You know, when people I don't know if you get this at your I was about to say your email address at your email address at gmail.com, but people commonly use mine for things, and I say no, this isn't where your receipt for your <laughs> whatever whatever what was the last thing that i got a receipt for i got a receipt for a church raffle in the oh did you win of america um i uh, did win uh, it said you can click here to claim but i wasn't sure it was a scam uh, but then it seems it wasn't anyway the point is someone had used my email uh to register an instagram and i thought oh fair enough you can have that reclaimed it off them this week just in case did I you to, did yeah. you somebody's got byronic man on instagram which is why so i've always been mm. simon byronic not that i use instagram either have you no. seen me someone's um, got steers here which is weird so now i've got steers here now but there's no one okay yeah, on steers not there this this the two the person who had previously been using my email address is two photos that they uploaded uh and that's all there is at steers here now anyway how's threads is it fun Oh, I got, I just got massive stage fright. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I can't say anything. I can't say, well, it's it's already been hijacked by lots of, uh, so you can see this land grab going, because what, mm. because it imports your, your followers, but then um, originally it was suggesting stuff. And you could just see loads of people just saying loads of things that mm. are, Frank, frankly, beneath me to say that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, but they're doing it a lot and getting lots of followers, and so I've just found myself being a bit paralysed. I've made one joke thread, mm-hmm. th- I've threated once. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that, so I don't. What know. do they call it? What, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I've got seventy followers, Steve. Is that good? I don't. Congratulations, Simon. Thanks. In a surprising turn of events, numerous NBA players have been reportedly seen playing a demo of the 2023 Call of Duty title at the NBA's Summer League in Las Vegas. Whether they were authorised to share these images on social media remains uncertain, but according to the Call of Duty Twitter account, Charlie Intel, they were simply shown a demo. The upcoming game, which is said to be led by Sledgehammer and overseen by Infinity Ward, is designed to feel like a standalone, full-price release and a continuation of Modern Warfare 2. It's worth mentioning that last year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was the fastest selling in the series history, surpassing the $1 billion mark in just 10 days. The 2023 title certainly has some big shoes to fill. Having had the opportunity to play this year's Call of Duty, I can say that it's a thrilling experience. The graphics are incredibly realistic, making the gameplay immersive and intense. The storyline is engaging with unexpected twists that keep you on the edge of your seat. The multiplayer mode is also well developed, offering a variety of maps and game modes to keep things fresh. Overall, this year's Call of Duty is a must-play for any fan of the series. (laughs) I'm not using three in a bit, Bed, Steve. (laughs) He didn't even give it a score, Simon. Have you ever played um, the party game Spyfall? No, I have not. It is 
I find it too stressful, but uh, it's a party game, um, mm-hmm. in which a number of you, um, uh, let's say there are eight of you, uh, so you all get dealt a card with a location on it, although one of you will not have that location. So you read it, mm-hmm. um, and then the idea is is that you talk about where you are without giving away <laughs> what the location is so the spy can guess where everybody is. But if you're the spy, you need to say, you need to sort of join in the conversation and pretend that you know where everybody's talking about. Mm. It's exactly what Charles Bott's done here with <laughs> Call of Duty, isn't it? I mean, I mean, he could get it. He said absolutely nothing specific, but everything will apply. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why I think a lot of people are worried about uh, about some sites being under threat from AI and AI content generation, because if you say nothing, then you will achieve exactly the same as an AI. And a lot of people at the moment, or for the last five years, have been employed to say nothing about things and just produce content for the internet uh, so that people rank up on SEO sites. Um, I, I know nothing about Call of Duty. I know nothing about this. Well, I know something about the story, clearly, now Charles Bots told us. Well, it's an interesting tactic, isn't it? Because originally it would be shown to buyers and press, and mm-hmm. then more recently it was shown to content creators. Now they're showing it to NBA stars first. Mm. Why do you think they're doing that? Because it's cool, isn't it? It's cool <laughs> to be. It's cool to do that. And it's I don't know why I that suppose. is. Like, I, maybe I mean, they're maybe they're all in it. Maybe there's a basketball mode. Maybe that's <laughs> your exclusive. <laughs> all right, maybe. Um... Yeah, maybe this is a. Who would you show your game to first, Simon? Your game. Maybe you could get uh, get your next game out. Just showed it to Muse. <laughs> well, as we as the thing is, Steve, what format? Because we it, it, we just don't know whether we own an Amiga, do we? <laughs> Very good. Well, well, well. It seems like the gaming world's equivalent of a royal ball, Gamescom 2023, is shaping up to be quite the shindig. Xbox and Bethesda have RSVP'd, joining Nintendo, who already confirmed their attendance back in April. The event will kick off with the opening night live showcase on August 22nd, hosted by none other than Jeff Keighley. Xbox and Bethesda will be riding high on the launch of their 2023 blockbuster Starfield just a fortnight after the show, with Forza Motorsport hot on its heels in October. Meanwhile, Nintendo is set to showcase a slew of new games, including Super Mario Bros. Wonder and Super Mario RPG. However, it seems Sony might be giving the event a miss, according to German industry publication Gamesmarkt. All in all, it's shaping up to be a bigger do than last year, with 10% more companies registered to attend. Now, where did I put my joystick? (laughs) (laughs) I just left that. That was his first start. That was his first attempt. What a great ending. Um, Sorry, obviously we do know Matt Bellamy owned an Amiga. We don't know whether he owned a SNES. Right before before you write in. Uh, We're going to games, come on, aren't we? We are, Steve. Mm. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, We'll be there. Microsoft will be there. Nintendo will be there. Sony will not be there, apparently, according to Charles Bott. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it this year. I don't have any um, commitments, although I am thinking of throwing a party. What? Yeah, thinking of doing doing our own karaoke show, because we've do, we, we're doing that in Brighton during Develop this year. It's gone really, really well. Um, and I thought maybe, maybe we, that could be quite a nice experiment, just do what we used to do at GDC. Uh, book out a, a venue, invite friends, 
uh, and see see whether uh, we can throw our own thing, whether we're big enough boys to do that rather than crashing someone else's party. So it's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to it. And of course, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing games, although ideally, Simon, I won't have to go out on the show floor to do that. No, they've changed the days of Gamescom. Have you noticed this? No. Um, so it's no longer Monday, Tuesday business for the mm-hmm. business people and then Wednesday overlapping with the show and then we all go home. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I think it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the business now. Is it? Okay. Mm. Mm. I mean, I I assume I booked the hotel for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I, I, I just copied whatever dates there were. And is it DevCon before that? The, the it is on the Monday and Tuesday, on the Monday yes. And the Tuesday. Okay, there you go. Okay. You're okay. I only asked that because I had a few people say to me, what are your plans? Someone, oh, I'm going out there. And they went, well, I'm going to go out Monday, Tuesday. I went, you know, it's not on Monday, Tuesday, don't you? They've moved it. Mm. They've moved it, um, presumably, to accommodate a Marioki on a Thursday night, Steve. Does that sound good for you? Uh, I don't know what German for Thursday is. But. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I, I, you know, Gamescom's very intense for me. Uh, like generally, it, it, I find it very, very crowded. But it does seem that this, at least in vibes terms, fills a spot that other conferences don't, uh, and other gatherings don't. Right? It's very, very big. It's on the scale of as E3 used to be, um, and doesn't yet hasn't yet suffered from the keelification of the games industry. Oh, he's getting in there, though. He's got opening night live. He's done that for the last couple of games coms, the games com com eyes. So, uh, yes, um, we'll all be, it'll just be called, it'll just be called Keelicom from uh, from next year, and it'll run all year, and it'll cost you £1,000 to do anything. Get your virtual football boots ready, folks. EA Sports FC 24 is set to hit the shelves on September 29th, 2023, according to the reliable gaming Nostradamus Bill Bill Kuhn. The game will be available in standard and ultimate versions, with the latter offering a week's early access. That's four whole days more than FIFA 23's Ultimate Edition. EA Sports FC 24 is also breaking new ground by featuring female players in its Ultimate Team mode for the first time. It's a bold move from EA Sports, who recently parted ways with FIFA. But as my dear old Nan used to say, Charles, sometimes you have to kick the ball into your own net to score a goal. Or something like that. Anyway, it seems the world of virtual football is about to get a whole lot more interesting. His delivery was exceptional. Wasn't it? And I've never, I've never heard that before. Mm. It's good, though. It is good. Maybe that's what they've been saying. That's what the computers have been saying to each other all the time for ages. That's how they've got so clever. <laughs> um, all right. What do you think of this new story, Simon? Well, um, it's nice to see the trend of, uh, you know, charging more for earlier access continues. Um, it's going to be a really interesting year, I think, for hmm. football games, um, because a lot of uh, a lot of people, I say a lot of people, I was going to say, I, well, I talk to a lot of people, I don't talk to a lot of people. I was going to say a lot, a lot of my friends, I don't have many friends, <laughs> uh, but some people I have spoken to who play FIFA, um, I've been completely unaware that this is happening. Yeah. Um, they say, oh, you know, it's, it's, there isn't going to be a FIFA next year. What? What? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, it will essentially be the same game. They're using the same tactics. It's even coming out on the same dates as the mm. as FIFA would do. Uh, it's FIFA in literally everything but name. Um, but uh, yeah, so it'll be it'll be absolutely fascinating to see. Um, 
Do you follow the the, the Twitterer, uh, Billy Bilkin? No, Billy I have Bilkin. no idea what Charles Bott was saying at that point. Well, he's good actually for the for doing the leaking. Always tells you what the humble choices are going to be a few days early. Ooh. So the, I mean, and that's great actually because it allows you to be disappointed sooner. <laughs> You don't have to wait longer to be disappointed. Oh, actually, yeah. that's not fair. And I'm only disappointed because I own so many Steam games. Yeah, of uh, But I have to say, I did buy this 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 month's Humble Choice. Mm. Mm. I don't know why. I'm not, I mean, and when am I going to play the Outer Wild Star, Star whatever edition? When, when, when am I ever going to play that? Uh, I did t- uh, did check in because uh, the FIFA Ultimate Team, the women appearing in this, uh, has already happened, right? Those cards are out, I think. Uh, okay. Or at least I've said... Or maybe it's screenshots of the cards or something like that. Um, and I checked in. Do you, do you ever do this, Simon? Do you ever look at parts of the internet just to make you cross? Because I was concerned that... Um, I was concerned that... That sounds like the sort of excuse an ageing musician would say because they've been caught doing something they shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was only looking at it just to get cross. Yeah, no, I was... <laughs> I thought I saw this news story and then I was like, oh, people are not going to react well to this. Let me just check in on the FIFA Ultimate Team subreddit right. where the, you know, there was a shot of, um, I can't remember uh, the player, but they were comparing her stats to Mbappe's stats and going, someone had posted it and go, so what do you think of this? And I was like, oh, this is, this is perfect. This is going to. The comments are going to make me so mad. I'll feel something. Uh, everyone was quite reasonable. They were all like, yeah, it seems good. She's a very good player. I think it was Sam Kerr. They are like, she's a very, very good player. And, you know, they're not competing in the same uh, same game of football. And then the other take on it was, everyone's stats are so ridiculous anyway. It doesn't matter anymore. It's not as bad as this person being this and this and this. So, yeah, it was good. It was nice to see them. Uh, react like that but on the other hand it did, not, it did not give me what i was looking for so i just checked into the star citizen uh, subreddit <laughs> excellent i do like uh, how important these stats have become uh, that was a, a theme on the journey the, the sort of single player mm. narrative mode that they did where they joked about footballers receiving their stats and all the rest of it and either agreeing with them or disagreeing or ribbing each other with them. yeah uh, that's how important they've become. I, I watched the video of, I think I've said this on the show, I watched the video of the Stockport players who were in Stockport were in a hey, game, cool. game for right. the first time in you know 15 years. Yeah. And I watched a video of the Stockport players having to guess each other's stats. Oh, brilliant. Uh, it was really nice, yeah. It was, it was cute. Um, should we do News Story 6? Uh, no. No. All right. Thanks, Charles Bott. One life left, video game news. With me, Charles Bott 1.0. Ah, I think, Steve, you need to get AI to automate your tasks, don't you? Okay, that'll be updated for next week. Um, okay, well... Yeah, sorry. No, talking... So I didn't want to do uh, Story 6 because it was about... Um, Peter Molyneux said what he's doing mm. next. He um, did. And uh, obviously he doesn't give any specifics. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> Charles Bot 1.0... Has given us so much content, uh, we're in danger of over- overrunning. And I wanted to talk to you about your uh, your news, Steve. 
Yeah, I talking the of game, AI, you did, mm. and I watched it, and I. But you know what? I was mm. ever so proud of you. You got a big story on Venture Beat, didn't you? Yeah, uh, it was good. It was. It was. It was good to see, and it's nice that uh, I can talk about one of the games you, I'm making. You well. sounded all grown up in your quote. Did I? <laughs> you did. I just you know why. I thought I know him. Mm. It's almost as if I didn't write it. <laughs> do you want to bring everybody up to speed with what you announced and what you I said and, I, and actually why don't you tell me how you feel about it and i'll compare it with your press release quote i should say the- I, I did write it i did i did edit it so um which is which i think the last time i did that was when you wrote a press release for us or something and uh, i edited the the quote from me at the bottom or whatever um so one of the things that I've been working on, the, the sort of main thing that I've been working on over the last year and a half is a, a toy company, a digital toy company called Magic Ave. Uh, and the idea is we're building these dice, uh, this first project, and the dice are surrounded by a layer of games, lots of different sorts of games that you can play with the dice. So it's the dice are kind of a, your gateway into playing these games. And... Uh, we're working on one of those games first, and the game that we're working on is a game called Beneath the Six, which I think I talked about the pitch. Did I talk about the pitch line last week? Uh, maybe I didn't. Um, the pitch line for me internally is a roguelike if roguelikes were like rogue. Um, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so I love, I, I, I like roguelikes. I love the original Rogue, really fond of that game and have watched roguelikes move progressively away from that because generation by generation they take an inspiration from the last generation of roguelikes and other games and that. And I think that's fine. It's great because a bit like we were talking about before, you you want these quality of life things to develop and you want these new mechanics to develop. But also there's a lot to love in the original rogue. Um, and I wanted to build something like that. Uh, so take sort of... The original, uh, yeah, the original rogue build a different world around that, and um, also fold in lessons from uh, modern day roguelikes as well. So it's turn based uh, RPG. Uh, you move around on hex tiles, uh, and you kill monsters and collect loot, and then move to uh, another level. Uh, collect these things called shards as well which ultimately you can forge into dice, which then you can use to play the game with. Um, and it's got a couple of nice hooks, I think. Uh, I'm not sure which ones. I don't, I don't know that we actually talked about many of those in the press release, but it's got some new things as well. It has bigger monsters on there, so monsters that take up more than one tile, which I have seen in some games, but not in uh, traditional roguelikes, I think. And... Um, the meta game is quite interesting in that you use these dice to create your characters. Uh, so you collect the dice and these dice you put into slots around the characters. So into the head slot and the arm slots and depending on which dice you have in which slot, it creates a different type of character. So if you have a set of rogue dice and you put those in, you'll create a rogue. And if you have a set of wizard dice, you'll create a wizard type character. But if you have two sets of dice and you mix those dice up, oh, you can create a rogue with a little bit of wizard elements or fighter elements or any of these things, including the dice that you've collected in the dungeon. So you're constantly trying to forge different characters to take on the dungeon, which is generated every day. So this is centered around a daily dungeon, which is the same for all players. 
And the metagame is creating a character that is good at that dungeon today, or just leveling up your character so much that it becomes good at that. There's daily leaderboards, and then there is going to be, we're not even close to building this out yet, there is going to be a meta world and a story that you uh, you move through. So there is a world which is called The Six, um, and as you explore the dungeon, the six grows and you solve the mystery of why you are there in the first place. Um, I think it's good. The thing that we're working on at the moment is uh, what we're calling a combat test. So it's basically getting that feel of chess. Uh, so looking at a board, uh, very, very tight hexagon, and seeing the monsters on it, and then knowing which square to move, thinking about what type of character are, how you can attack, how they can attack, using your skills... I really want to drag in some of that kind of classic advanced wars feeling of looking at a map that is covered in red squares and those are the danger tiles, moving to the right tile next, thinking about where your enemies are going to move. Um, going to release that combat test to the public in probably under a month. Uh, so, there's How a dis- will you play it? You'll play it by downloading the thing for free. Uh, the, uh, like so is it, is it on be, Steam or anything? It, it will be on the... Epic Store, I think that's how we're distributing the... Oh, hello. Somebody's got some of Tim Sweeney's sweet money, have they? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I found Tim Sweeney's business card the other day. Um, so that's how you uploaded the game? I was going to talk about this in any other business uh, at the end. Okay. Sorted out all my business cards from the last 20 years. You would not believe the things I found in there, um, including Sweeney's, which just says programmer on it. From has, about it really? has, he got his mobile, has he got his phone he number on it? has everything on it. Everything? Also, I found Charles Cecil's business card. And you know it, that's you know not unusual. But what's unusual is on the back of it, there's a phone number scrawled with a lady's name next to it. Interesting. Barrow. Anyway, mm-hmm. to return to Beneath the Six, uh, the Epic Store's got a really nice way of distributing limited number of keys for things. So we're going to be doing that for, you know... This very limited combat test we're going to do. There's Mac versions of the game and PC versions of the game. You'll be able to download through that uh, uh, a version and you'll get some dice to play around with. And then we'll run that for a few weeks and learn things. We're still really early in development. I mean, we've been doing it for about a year, uh, but that is really early. And it's good, I think. It's, it's fun. We're past that point where, you know, that point in development where you're like, I think it's a good idea. I think, but it's not fun yet. We're past that point, and ah, it's well, it. yeah. But that, but that point, you know, you know these challenges yourself. There will be periods, even when you know that people like it, you'll still be going. Oh yeah, but is it any good? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And it, it ebbs and flows, right? We're, we're making changes every week, and uh, some of the changes we made last week, I don't think have fixed things, and so you you're creating new problems for yourself. Um, but it's it's great to be working on something like that. We've got a really good team, small team, about fifteen people, all working on it. Uh, and yeah, uh, please, if if anyone's interested, like feel free to join the Discord, uh, which I'll get Phil to put in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I'll see you there. Congratulations! Well, thanks for joining us today, Steve. <laughs> we got a guest. And and, uh, and and what's your name on Threads? <laughs> it's steers steers there uh, no steers what is it steers not here steers here now um when i work out how to activate my threads account shall i play a jingle it's time for the letters let's do the letters 
ACC One Life Letters. We've had a flurry of activity. I think this Monday lunchtime slot, everybody must be fasting. Mm. Uh, they can't have. Uh, they presumably don't like tennis, um, and so we've got uh, some people that are uh, watching uh, and writing at the same time. A skill I'm unable to. Or skills I'm able unable to combine. Um, but going back slightly further, uh, we have on the Discord, we have Ellie Maid wrote, the recent deep dive on the development of Barbie fashion designer on Polygon brought back great memories of how my sisters and I love designing and then getting real outfits out of the printer. As an adult, I'm still at the intersection of gaming and crafts and would love to see more games and software toys that mix virtual and physical creativity. Like I've got one of those digital cutting machines and I can imagine getting some fun out of a Dolly Designer 2023 edition that interfaced with it. Or if Etsy Simulator Sticky Business lets you print out real stickers, that kind of thing. Have you got thoughts about making game stuff and how that could be fun? Um, what wonderful ideas. I have to say, the the Barbie marketing machine has got into overdrive. Mm. Uh, they're doing some really brilliant, fun things. It's just great to see them having a right laugh with all of this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, nice to see Polygon referencing the Barbie fashion designer, which back then I don't think was... Um, I mean, if, if 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 they brought that out now, it'd be a huge hit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Nintendo doing the uh, sewing machine, right? Like they did, they had an intersection, uh, a, a, a thing for the Game Boy and the sewing machine. Um, and I've got my Game Boy cal- uh, camera uh, just over the other side of the room right now, which is going to get given to my daughter next week, I think. Uh, so love these sort of add-ons. The physicality is something that I've been thinking a lot about, actually. With relation in relation to the game I just talked about, I, I would love there to be a physical version of that game uh, and that intersection between gaming and playfulness and physical items. It's just really, really, really exciting. Now, where it meets creativity is even more interesting to me. Um, I, I I've been watching Alice. Uh, my daughter play with Mario Maker. Uh, I think I mentioned on the show she made a level called 14 Squids. Is it called 14 Squids? Um, which had 14 squids in it. When I suggested there could be 13 and Mario could be the 14th, she burst into tears and said Mario is not a squid. Um, <laughs> I have also got the Lego Mario. You know the uh, ones where you can design your own courses? And I haven't given that to her. Uh, but I was thinking the other day, it'd be really nice if those things... Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Very good. I was thinking it'd be really nice if there was a way those two things could come together, right? That you could design your course here and see it digitally. Or design something digitally and it could give you the Lego version to, to map out. I've got Labo and I really enjoyed it. But, um, Simon, can you see where Labo currently is right now in my room? Is it underneath the cat stuff? Yeah, by the bin. Uh, by the bin? Because I don't know Did what to miss? do with it. No. You I'm... keep it in the loft, unopened, like wet, like mine are. Right. Mine's all been opened. All of it's been made. It's brilliant, but I just don't know what to do with it now because it takes up a lot of room. Anyway. Those are all my unordered, disordered thoughts uh, on gaming and creativity. I love the letter and I love the idea of doing some more stuff like that. Uh, yes. 
I must, I must actually, I must get mine down for Ramona. Uh, next letter on the Discord uh, from Yeroen, who says, Dear team and five-letter named SSG, listening to your recent episode, I can confirm that the Lingo Game Show did use five-letter words initially. They switched to six-letter words 13 years in. Ooh. The format has been on American and British TV as well over the years, with a current celebrity version hosted by drag queen RuPaul, which leads me to the real question, which indie developer... Will uh, NYT be inspired by adapting Drag Race to their puzzle format? Thanks for the show. <laughs> uh, there was a, a Drag Race Kitty Powers did one, wasn't there? I didn't actually play it. Um, well, that's your answer. That was a, that, there's your fierce. Yes, Go and check that out, like that. New York, uh, New York Times. Uh, Ken Jara writes, Dear team and Charles Bots, I think it would be a great idea if you could have the real Charles read out the news one week and see if anyone noticed that it's, <laughs> that it's not the bots. Obviously, you would have to stop him revealing the next broken sword as it would give it away, or would it? Thanks, mm. says Shane. Uh, Matt B90 writes, Dear team, I'm literally eating my lunch whilst listening to the live recording. I'm wondering what to play in my last 10 minutes of my lunch break. What games do you recommend to pick up quickly and get something satisfying out of in a short time? A couple of levels of humanity, puzzle game from Tetris Effects Enhance on my PS5 is my current go-to. Thanks from Matt Bailey. Short game, Steve? Here's my recommendation. Go to itch.io and search for free games, web playable and puzzle uh filter by that and you'll find a ton of great stuff uh i think there's been a um there's been a game jam recently i've forgotten the name of it but uh that's what i've been working my way through there are hundreds of them and they're hit and miss right like all game jam games but it's perfect lunchtime activity to just plow your way through some of those things you'll find some cool stuff sharky writes assuming you're short on letters again uh, older gamer with young kids, similar to you both. It's been an interesting. It's been interesting curating them a list of classic games to play. Listening to the excellent podcast by Simon Parkin. It's mm-hmm. brave of you. Um, has, uh, yeah, I know that he's. You know, he's he's doing a live podcast at WASD meets IGN. Mm. Maybe, yeah, we, maybe we, we were asked. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe we turned them down. Listening to the excellent... Five pound a ticket. I mean, honestly, we wouldn't get out of bed for that. What's the matter with you? Uh, Listening to the excellent podcast by Simon Parkin has triggered many a past memory of playing games when I was younger and an odd fear my kids may miss out on some of the experiences I had with games growing up. It seems the most memorable experiences with games are those typically shared socially. And most of my gaming is now played socially with said kids. Playing through Breath of the Wild together over several years and pretty much the entire Switch first-party catalogue being particular highlights. Sorry, not much of a question there. What game and experiences have you enjoyed sharing with your kids and how much of your past childhood do you knowingly impart onto them keep up the good work pip pip well we've spoken a lot about how we've been playing with our uh, children um uh but to to cover uh how do you impart your past childhood just don't bother kids hate <laughs> old games they do and it's really disappointing to see them go oh that's rubbish when you show them something that's you know, know. shaped you and made you the person that you are simon this is perfect because last night uh i was uh what was i doing i was probably looking for something on reddit to to make me angry uh and reddit threw at me a uh a games console from aliexpress for twenty dollars that is embedded in what looks like an old Super Nintendo controller that can play all of those games, Super Nintendo. So it's got 6,000 games, all of which I own the originals to. Um, like, 
Uh, it's got 6,000 games embedded in it. And, you know, it says so on the review, it says it, run, it runs okay. <laughs> so, so, of course, I bought that because I thought, oh, what a great thing to give Alice. What a great thing to give my daughter. She'll be able to play all of those old games. And then the other part of me thought exactly that. They're all a bit rubbish, though. Like, she won't like any of them. But yeah, but there'll be one. There'll be something there. Hopefully. They're all too yeah. hard. So look forward. It's going to arrive in, I don't know, whatever, however long it takes that stuff to arrive, six weeks or something. And I will, <laughs> I'll do an unboxing maybe live on the show. Excellent. Uh, and then Ed has just added on the Discord, uh, he's, um, he sent a letter into a podcast. It says, Dear Serial, <laughs> I reckon he did it. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Thanks, what, Ed. Right, thank a, you for all your letters. What a good what letter Lovely section. to have you all. Lovely to have you all. Mm. Uh, we'll see you here next uh, Monday lunchtime. Yeah. Do you think uh, that was you, uh, the threat of the the prize that you said last time? Don't make us. Uh, oh, I did say I'd give a prize, didn't I? Well, just I'm going to give joy. one of you. Matt Bailey, um, can you drop us your email address uh, to team at onelifeleft.com, please? I'll send you a copy for Tales and Tactics. Uh, which is releasing on Steam on August the 10th. Uh, yes, thanks for all your letters uh, this week. If you would like to write to us, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or, or dropping them in the Discord. Just pop into the Discord, yeah. You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a video game podcast. Uh, we don't go and do it at conferences. We wouldn't charge you £5 a head to see this sort of thing. It's so grubby, just, isn't it? It's just not nice. However, we will be talking about our new microphones we're getting soon. <laughs> we <so>. will be. <laughs> we will. And, <laughs> and maybe something else if you keep flirting with that person who definitely, who who says they love the show straight away. Like, love it. So excited I, I, to speak to you directly. Yeah. Well, let's let's deal with that shortly. Mm. Um yeah, we're also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. Uh, there, you can read the show notes put together by our under caretaker Phil. Uh, he is not here currently, right now. When's Phil's working. lunch hour? Don't know. Don't know. But I hope. I think he'll be quite pleased with the show today, won't he? No edits so far. I did think about swearing earlier. Did you? But then, but then, like, given the turnaround that this needs to go to yeah. uh, to resonance, I, I figured, I figured that that joke would just would just inconvenience your journey, and you'd miss Charles's arrival in Brighton. Thank you for your uh, for your thoughts, Simon. Uh, is it time for reviews? I think it's time for. Reviews. It is quick. It's time for reviews, Simon. What have you been playing this week? Um. Really? Yeah, I have been, yeah. Okay. So uh, Simon trailered earlier that he's been playing a game I don't like. The game I don't like famously is The Last of Us. So much so I wrote a Marioki song to the tune that Simon was just humming. Um, Simon, how's it going? Well, I, you know, I think I did play it originally. So this is the remake on PC. Um, I'm playing it on the ROG Ally, um, although it is Steam Deck verified now. Thanks, Neil Druckmann. Apologies for all the slagging off I did of you <laughs> earlier. Um, uh, and yeah, so they've remastered it. And now, uh, so if, if I did play it, I didn't play much of it. So I'm certainly further along. Um, it's fine. It's It's... 
uh, you know, talking about old games with new mechanics, I went and read a review of uh, this last night just to see if those had the context of how it compared to the other games. Uh, and they said, oh, you know, it looks better and it's got, you know, it's got real-time cutscenes now and they've and they've improved the enemy AI. Mm. Um, uh, there is a clever analogy that I'm, you know, not smart enough to come up with or spontaneous enough to come up with right now. Well, it's really, really pretty, but it's super, super boring. Mm-hmm. It is, um, it has one... It's just basically a corridor game. There is no freedom to play apart from in how you kill guards and monsters. And even then, they're just so stupid. Um, you know, just wait around the corner for them to walk past you. They would definitely be able to see you in their peripheral vision. Mm. Push Y to grab them, push X to kill them. And then the body goes there. And then you stay there. And then you hear the, huh? huh? What's that? <laughs> What's that? Spread out! And then someone goes, oh, a body. And they stand over the body. Then you push Y to grab them and X to kill them. Their body falls on the previous body. Mm. And then you crouch down again. Huh? Another body. (laughs) What? What's going on? Spread out. What? Push Y to kill one. And then you just get a pile of bodies. Because you're going, and then like, this is ridiculous. And yeah, anyway, um, it's, it's very polished. Um, It's fine. It's fine. And and I think I'm playing it now just to see why people like it so much game of the year Simon seven hours in Mm. it's yeah yeah fine seven out of ten what about you Steve I have been playing uh, well as I mentioned earlier I've been playing Mario Galaxy Uh, managed to re store restore my Wii uh, which has been in storage for 13 years uh, I know that because the last time I played Mario Galaxy was 2010. Uh, so I bought an HDMI. Oh, I tell you, I must have been surprised. Was it the Wii when it emerged blinking? Well, it Are we still in Europe? It did. Say, Are we still in Europe? It did say. Uh, it did say it's been more than one week since your last exercise. On the sit down, HDMI. son. I've got some things to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I bought an HDMI converter thing from an online retailer for a few quid. I wasn't holding out much hope it would work, but it did work perfectly smoothly. Uh, One of the Wii's batteries had corroded, obviously, uh, but was nothing that a couple of new batteries couldn't fix. So played Mario Galaxy uh, with my daughter, and she's really enjoying watching me play it. You know how there's two-player compatibility where you can point the uh, thing at the screen and swipe up whatever they call those shards? Um, She's finding that quite difficult, like that pointing in in the right direction. She was getting quite frustrated. It's not that accurate, is it? Hmm. That's the interesting thing. We've got uh, a... Our TV, our LG TV, uses Wii-style pointed it for a pointer, but it has a... um, gyroscope inside it to do that rather than the Wii sensor bar style tech and it's much better and she finds that fine but the Wii one because the pointer goes off the screen she can't deal with that and a lot of times she just loses the pointer but the she's really enjoying the imagination in the game just flying to different planets seeing those she's very excited about the next one we've discovered so that is um yeah, that's really, really great. But we've also, obviously, the reason I put it on there is we've been playing Wii Bowling and Wii Sports. And yeah, she loves it. It's great. Again, like we said a few weeks ago, almost as if these games that we've been playing for 20 years and that I was reviewing 25 years ago were made for children. Um, 
but yeah, she's uh, really enjoying it. It's very easy for her to throw the ball in Wii Bowling and for her to get, uh, you know, some of the pins down, she gets super, super excited. Sometimes she throws the ball backwards, she gets excited when she does that as well. Um, so fantastic. And uh, I'm looking forward to exploring the rest of the Wii library over the next few weeks. Seven out of ten for both of those. I'm pleased to hear that you were uh, playing it on the on the original hardware, Steve, because uh, Nintendo won't allow you to buy it for your Switch now, will they? Mm. You only had that that short period to buy the boxed version, mm-hmm. and then they said no more. Yeah. Well, as we've already established via my console ordering, I'm very interested in legitimate Nintendo devices and playing games as they should be played. That's the end of the show. It is. We've careered to the end, haven't we? We have. We've timed everything quite well as well. Uh, thank you, Simon. Uh, been super fun thank you, Steve. today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching live. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Resonance as well. We'll be back next week. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>